This is the 10,000 Depositions Later podcast, episode 27. I'm Jim Geary. Today's episode, is it okay to confer with your clients about their testimony during breaks in their depositions? The answer, generally speaking, is yes, of course. Your client does not lose his or her right to counsel just because you're taking a break in a deposition. And does the examining lawyer get to ask your client what you and the client talked about during the break? No. And you should not allow your client to answer questions about what the two of you discussed. This is an area where there's been widespread misunderstanding. I've had a number of lawyers tell me over the course of my practice that it's improper to talk to a client about the subject of their testimony while on a break from deposition. Or they'll ask my client to agree that they will not discuss their testimony during a break. Sometimes lawyers will ask my clients when we return from a deposition break if the client talked with me about their testimony, and if so, what did we discuss? I talk to all my clients on breaks, and I will never allow an opposing lawyer to inquire into our conversations, and nor should you. So I'm going to talk about some of the key decisions on this issue, and of course, you'll want to follow up with research specifically in your jurisdiction to make sure there isn't some nuance that's different from the general rule. But the general rule is clear. It's okay to talk to your clients on breaks and deposition about the subject matter of the testimony. The same rule applies if you're actually in a trial. You're allowed to talk to your clients during breaks uh, in an actual courtroom trial unless the judge has otherwise forbidden it. And there may be occasions where a judge says during a super short break in a witness's testimony at trial that the witness is not to discuss their testimony with their counsel during the break. Sometimes judges will forbid that. Witnesses going through a particularly grinding cross-examination in the courtroom asks for a quick break, and in that situation, it's often quite obvious that the witness is looking for a lifeline, looking for guidance from their lawyer as to what to say during this grueling cross. And so there are occasions, whether it's a civil case or a criminal case, where courts, in taking a short recess, have forbidden witnesses from talking to counsel, either outright or about the testimony specifically. You don't see that kind of directive where the case wraps up for an entire day. In other words, for example, you won't see judges forbidding lawyers from talking to their clients uh, between the end of one trial day and the start of the next. But for very short breaks in a courtroom trial, the cases say pretty consistently that it's not a violation of any constitutional right, civil or criminal, for judges to prevent counsel and client from conferring on very short breaks in the middle of the proceeding about the testimony. That's a clear lesson from the U.S. Supreme Court case in the Perry decision uh, from the Reynolds case and from the McDermott cases cited in the show notes. So just as it's okay to talk to your clients on breaks uh, during an actual trial, absent a judicial ruling to the contrary, it's okay to do that during breaks in deposition. Frankly, I don't really know where this notion got its start that it's improper in some way for you to talk to your clients on breaks during depositions about the subject of their testimony. I suspect, though, that one of the key sources of this mistaken principle arose from the 1993 decision in a case called Hall versus Clifton Precision out of the Eastern District of Pennsylvania. That case, among other things, and almost without qualification, says that conferences between witnesses and lawyers are prohibited both during the deposition and during recesses, coffee break, lunch break, recess, whatever. The judge that issued that ruling in the Hall case made the point that lawyers are not free to interrupt testimony during the trial 
and that under Rule 30C, that's the deposition rule, the examination in deposition is to proceed as it would at trial. And that's absolutely correct. But we're not talking about interrupting the testimony as it's taking place during the trial or in a deposition. We're talking about conferrals during breaks. And there's no federal rule that says that lawyers for witnesses on the stand cannot confer with the witnesses during breaks and trials. There's Rule 615, that's the sequestration rule, but that says nothing of the kind. And under Rule 30C1, Rule 615, the sequestration rule, doesn't apply to depositions anyway. And again, a district judge could order a witness not to discuss testimony with a lawyer on short breaks, but that has nothing to do with depositions either. Now, the Hall decision has been cited a whopping 1,100 times. Not all, of course, on Headnote 4, which is where the judge rules that the lawyer and client cannot confer at all during the deposition, but the case has been cited quite a bit. So the decision as a whole has caught lawyers' attention, and the decision has been cited about 162 times by other courts. But when you look at the history of the Hall decision, you'll see that a good number of courts have expressly rejected the notion that lawyers and clients can't talk during depositions. The courts that have cited that have said, that's just wrong, and it's not good for justice. Yes, there are going to be occasions where lawyers and deponents use those breaks improperly to cook up better answers, but they also use those breaks to determine whether a privilege applies, whether a witness is understanding the questions, whether the witness is exhausted, and for many other greatly beneficial purposes. So when you do your research on the Hall versus Clifton Precision case, you'll see that a lot of the citations are negative, where other courts have declined to follow it, expressly rejected it, distinguished it, or simply discussed it without applying it. All told, it has a very high rejection rate. And for good reason, if we can't talk to our clients during breaks, the net result is just as likely to be less effective and less accurate testimony, which hurts both sides. Let's take a look at some of the representative cases on this issue. In the McKinley Infuser case cited in the show notes, the federal judge there, in ruling on a plaintiff's motion for protective order to prevent defense counsel from conferring with the defendant deponent during deposition, pointed out that the motion was chiefly based on the Hall case. And so the judge in McKinley says, quote, the Hall case has been met with substantial and I believe justified criticism, end quote. The judge quoted another court, which I cite in the show notes from the Stratosphere case, as being the leading case for the opposite proposition to Hall, as saying Hall just goes too far in its solution. And so the judge here is essentially saying, look, we want to stop interference with the actual testimony as it's taking place. We don't want to stop lawyers from doing their job for their clients. So coaching during the testimony, no. Conferral on breaks, just fine. So the judge in the McKinley Infuser case says, quote, the truth-finding function is adequately protected if deponents are prohibited from conferring with counsel while a question is pending. But other consultations during periodic deposition breaks, lunch, and overnight recesses, or more prolonged other types of recesses ordinarily are appropriate. In the Ecker case, E-C-K-E-R cited in the show notes, the plaintiff there sought sanctions against the defendant for what it described as improper coaching, specifically for discussion by defense counsel with the witnesses after the plaintiff finished his examination during a deposition, but before the defense counsel began the follow-up examination. So what happened there was plaintiff apparently finished his 
examination of the witnesses. There's a break, and apparently on that break, allegations that defense counsel talked with two deponents about their testimony. Now, in that case, in the Ecker case, the movement again relied on the Hall versus Clifton precision case. But in rejecting sanctions there, the judge said the facts in this case are very different from Hall and very different from another similar case often cited in conjunction with Hall, which I'll refer to as the Eggleston decision. The judge said that the conferral in Ecker did not take place while a question was pending and was not an effort to interfere with the testimony as it was being taken. All right, same approach in the Stratosphere case. That's the polar opposite of the Hall case, and it's the one that most lawyers cite in opposition to the uh, position taken in Hall. In Stratosphere, a Nevada federal judge, like many of the courts that you'll see when you do your research, said the Hall decision, again, simply goes too far. Of course, lawyers should not take breaks while a question is pending for the purpose of conferring with a deponent or for otherwise interfering with the testimony, but to say that they can't speak at all once the deposition starts until it's done is just too much. And here's a great quote, albeit a little bit lengthy, from the judge in Stratosphere. Quote, It is this court's experience at the bar and on the bench that attorneys and clients regularly confer during trial and even during the client's testimony, all while the court is in recess, be it at mid-morning or mid-afternoon, the lunch recess or the evening recess. The right to prepare a witness is not different before the questions began than it is during or after, since a witness may be called for rebuttal, etc. during trial. What this court and the federal rules of civil procedure seek to prevent is coaching the witness by telling witnesses what to say or how to answer a specific question. We all want to hear the witness's answers, but not at the sacrifice of their right to assistance of counsel. And the court goes on, quote, Furthermore, consultation between lawyers and clients cannot neatly be divided into discussions about, quote, testimony and those about, quote, other matters. To deny a client any right to confer with his or her counsel about anything once the client has been sworn to testify and to further subject such a person to unfettered inquiry into anything that might have been discussed with the client's attorney during the break, all in the name of complete compliance with the rules, is a position this court declines to take. Close quote. And by the way, that last bit in the quote uh, refers to a request by the plaintiff's counsel in the Stratosphere case that the court adopt a deposition protocol that would allow the examining lawyer in a deposition to ask a deponent if he or she talked to their lawyer during the break, and if so, to inquire about the nature of the communication. So the judge says, no, we're not going to have that. The fact that a lawyer may be conferring with his or her client on a deposition break has nothing to do with the applicability of the attorney-client privilege. So examining lawyers in the midst of a deposition are not going to be allowed to inquire as to what was discussed between client and lawyer during those breaks. All right, so let's summarize and wrap up. What have we learned? Uh, point number one, as a general rule, it is absolutely completely fine for you to confer with your client during depositions. Number two, there is nothing in the federal rules of civil procedure or the federal rules of evidence that forbids that. That's true in depositions and it's true in trial. So if an opposing lawyer says to me, well, the examination here today in deposition is to proceed as it would at trial, I say you're absolutely correct. Point number three, overwhelmingly, 
courts reject the idea that lawyers and clients cannot confer about the subject of the testimony during depositions. Point number four, the Hall versus Clifton precision case is probably the single most frequently cited case for the notion that you cannot talk to clients during breaks and depositions, no matter what. And it's probably the most heavily cited because the language in that opinion is so strident and harsh. So for that reason, it'll be the Hall case that an adversary cites against you, either in seeking an order in advance of the deposition to prevent you from talking to your client during breaks or in motions after the deposition. Point number five, the leading case in opposition to Hall is the Stratosphere case. That's the one you'll want to start with if the Hall case comes up in an opposing uh, party's papers. What courts are trying to do here is simply balance between the fair and the unfair. If a lawyer is seeking to take a break after a question has been asked, but before the answer has been given, the lawyer's conduct is far more likely to draw the wrath of a judge than if a lawyer is simply talking to clients as a matter of course on ordinary breaks. And if the number of breaks a lawyer is taking during a deposition is obviously excessive, that behavior as well is more likely to draw the ire of the presiding judge. The bottom line is don't be shy. It's okay to be an aggressive and smart advocate for your client. Be there for them during the deposition and during breaks as you would every other moment in your representation. Now be sure to check your jurisdiction's rulings to be certain but the general widely accepted principle is that conferrals between lawyer and client during deposition breaks are entirely appropriate. And remember, the examining lawyer has no right to ask your client what was discussed, including generically, whether it was about the testimony. All right, that's it for this episode. Thanks again for listening. And if you don't mind, we'd sure love a positive review and a five-star rating wherever you get your podcast. That's how those sites determine which podcast to promote so that other listeners with similar interests will learn about them as well.